Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Preach What You Practice podcast with me, Josh Green. Today, I'm talking about why I love the church. I want to invite you to subscribe uh, wherever you're listening or watching. Give me a like, give me a comment, all that good stuff. Support the vibes. Uh, If you can help support me on Patreon too, that would be incredible. It's patreon.com slash preach what you practice. But today, we're going to get into why I love the church. And um, one of the reasons why I'm doing this is because Sunday just gone, we just had our first in-person service since March at my church, Soul City in Stockport. And uh, honestly, we've been working so hard to get our brand new building ready. We've been painting it. We've been renovating it. We've been sanding and scraping and <laughs> plastering. Uh, and I've been working so hard, you know, late evenings, early mornings, all that stuff. And uh, I was just in tears on the front row, just seeing people encounter Jesus, uh, people coming for the first time, some people uh, who don't uh, even class themselves as Christians were there. And I was just blown away uh, by just being there and being back with my people, back with my friends, back worshipping Jesus with other people rather than just doing it through a screen. So it was amazing to be back and I was just buzzing all day. I was telling my wife, I'm just buzzing. I'm so pumped. I love the church. And uh, there's a lot of reasons why I love the church. I mean, I met my wife through church. I met my best friends through church. I've seen people's lives, uh, including my own, be completely transformed and changed uh, by Jesus within a local church. For the last 13 years, my work that I've been doing with the band has been heavily financially supported by the local church that I was involved in, but also other churches who booked us and who got involved. And also just on a national scale, without the church, vast amounts of youth work and social action, mums and toddler groups, community outreach, care for the homeless, etc, etc, all the good stuff that the church does. Without the church, so much of that would be lost. I think um, David Cameron a few years ago said, without the church, youth work would be cut by almost 80% in this country. That's um, that's incredible. Um, the church gives crazy amounts of money, and I mean, in comparison to the world, crazy amounts of money to the poorest of the poor in our world, and we send out thousands of missionaries across the world to serve the poorest of the poor. That's super important. That's why I love the church. The church raises up leaders and equips people to go into the world and bring the life and light and love of Jesus. The church is a group of people who love Jesus and love you. They pray for you. They believe the best in you. The church is such an important place. The church is a place where you can freely and deeply worship Jesus. I love the church for so many reasons. And I love the church warts and all. Even though the church has faults and failures, I love God's bride. The Bible says, We are, as the church, the bride of Christ. And I think that's a very important thing. I think that has serious implications for who we are and how we're meant to treat God's bride. And I want to see the church grow and flourish and its people become all that they can be in Christ. Now, I want to caveat all this to say some people do criticise the church. And recently, I've seen heavy criticism on the church. A lot of it, I think, is unfair. Some of it, I think, is justified. There's lots of stuff going on in our culture. There's lots of stuff going on right now. And I've just I've just been seeing a lot of heavy criticism towards the church and having um, friends who are church leaders and, and kind of being a church leader myself, uh, although not formally, I'm not paid as a church leader. 
so there is a difference here. I'm sort of not sort of defending from from a more biased position, although I am part of church leadership and I have planted a church. And I've also got a lot of close friends who are church leaders. And, and so the way I was viewing it, I was sort of seeing this can be very attacking and very damaging. Um, now, this isn't personal against some of the people who have posted uh, these articles uh, and different things on social media and just on the internet in general that I've been seeing. I've also been hearing it uh, just sort of communicated to me. Um, and I just want to just have the pendulum on the other side about how much I love the church as well. Now, I have to preface this with the fact that I know church gets things wrong. Oh my days, I know this. In fact, uh, I know it all too well. My dad growing up was a pastor. In fact, he was the senior pastor, the senior leader of the church that we were we were part of. And my mum was a pastor as well. Uh, she helped the church for a long time and then eventually became a pastor. Um, my parents have been elders. You know, I've grown up in church all my life. Uh, I am a pastor's kid. And you've heard the stories about pastor's kids. Um, and I've, I, you know, I've seen the good, the bad, and the downright ugly of church. But I'm in church leadership right now because I still believe that the church is God's plan to change the world. I still believe in the church and, and despite its its faults and its failures and its downright bad things that happen, which I, I do acknowledge and, and that's why I say some of what has come out has been relatively justifiable. I think we do need to caveat it also with the fact that the church is extremely important for our world, but also to God. Um, so I just wanted to say that just so it doesn't come across as just pure ignorance or defending the church in, in ignorance of its faults. But there are a few problems with the criticisms that I've been seeing and, and hopefully you can bear with me uh, in this podcast because uh, I think it's really important for us to be aware of, of the fact that even though we, we can criticise uh, parts of the church and, and we can criticise the church and some of that is justifiable. I think we also have to be careful with our criticism as well and careful that we're being fair and honest uh, and also that um, we're not just sort of becoming part of the noise that just generally criticises everything all the time. Uh, but I'll get that into that in a minute. Um, firstly, I think one of the problems with the criticism is from what I've read and what I've seen, it seems like a lot of people have false expectations of the church. Uh, and what I mean by that is there's this view that somehow uh, people think that uh, if you go to church, everyone's going to be perfect or that uh, you're not going to encounter people who have problems. Um, no, nobody said this, uh, but it's it's sort of in between the lines that I, I sort of see it. And I think you've actually got a lot of false expectations of what you expect the church to be. And I heard somebody say this once, if you're feeling disillusioned with something, you need to ask yourself, what illusion were you under in the first place? That's a really good question. If you're feeling disillusioned, what illusion were you under in the first place? And I think a lot of people within church have false expectations that nothing's going to go wrong. Everybody's going to love me. We're never going to see any problems. Now, that's not to say that um, if things go wrong, we just look over it and we just act as if it never happened. But I think we've got to be really careful that we're not expecting the church to be as perfect as Jesus is. And now I know we are 
Jesus' body and Jesus is the head and we strive to be more like Christ, but ultimately we are not and we fail and we come together as church in acknowledgement of that fact and we worship the one who is perfect, knowing that we're not. And so we need to be careful that we've not got false expectations. Secondly, and this is the most important to me, I want to be really clear with this. We are not cancel culture. And I know it's sort of a bit of an oxymoron, but I want to cancel cancel culture. It's ridiculous. We don't just cancel something because something goes wrong. Just because a football player puts in a bad challenge, we're not going to cancel football. We're not cancel culture. But also the church, even more so, we are not cancel culture. We are caring culture. We are forgiving culture. We are grace culture. Just because someone makes a mistake or even does something on purpose that is completely wrong and even something that is utterly despicable and egregious, we are called to have grace and forgiveness and be people of restoration, not cancellation. We are restoration culture. We are not cancellation culture. We are not them. We are not like them. We are humble. We serve. We love. We believe the best in people. We have hope. We speak well of people. And if people make mistakes and do things wrong, our first point of call, guys, our first point of call is not to point the finger. Our first point of call is to restore that person, to love that person, to forgive that person. Yes, we hold them to account. Yes, we need to call out when things are difficult. But if that calling out and calling into account is done from a place of hate and cancelling and not love and restoration, we are not walking in step with the way Jesus would want us to. Now, I know I'm being strong with this, but I can't understand where this cancel culture, I can't understand how it fits with the church at all. You read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You see Jesus, restoration, restoration, restoration. You don't see cancellation. Now, does any of that justify somebody's wrong actions? No, absolutely not. Does any of that mean that what they did or said, or or, hand, or the way that they handled the situation, does that mean it was okay? No, absolutely not. But we have to learn to be people who preach what we practice. We can't say, we can't preach that we are people who practice forgiveness, we are people of grace, we are people of restoration, but then somebody does something wrong and suddenly we preach condemnation, we preach cancellation. That doesn't make any sense. We can't be people who constantly preach love, grace, forgiveness, and somebody does something wrong where love, grace, and forgiveness is needed. We come with condemnation, shame, cancellation. That's not what it's about. We are people who preach what we practice. If we are preaching love, grace, and forgiveness, it must come from the place of practice that we are practicing love, forgiveness, and grace. Otherwise, it's superficial. Otherwise, it's wrong. And I want to say one other important thing around this sort of cancel culture. And I see this a lot. Don't have a vision based on the negative and negligent aspects of someone else's vision. I'm going to say that again. Don't have a vision 
based on the negative and negligent aspects of someone else's vision. If God has given you a vision for a new way of doing church, then present that new vision. Don't present it in a way that demonstrates how everyone else's vision is wrong. You know, my church is going to do this, this and this. Their church does it like this, but that's wrong and that's why we're doing this. That is not the way to present your vision. If you've got a vision, present it positively, present it with passion. It doesn't need to be in contrast to somebody else's vision. Why? Because God needs all hands on deck. God needs all expressions of church. And yes, the ones that are causing harm and destruction and abuse do need to step aside. We do need to see those uh, dwindle out because they're not expressing the way that God wants church to be. But just because somebody's got a model that we don't like, or just because somebody's got a way of doing things that we don't like, doesn't mean that they need to stop or be cancelled. We need to bring our vision with positivity and passion and not in negative contrast to somebody else's vision who's just trying to do the same thing as you. They're just trying to bring the love of life and light of Jesus into this world. The third thing I want to talk about is uh, how a lot of this, I think, comes from who we believe God to be. A lot of this comes from your view of who God is. I believe God to be good and that God is love. I believe that God restores and reconciles. So when people display behavior that is not like who God is, then it doesn't bother me as much because I believe God to be love and, and a God to be a God of restoration. So if people don't embody that in my church culture, I'm not going to write off church because they're not expressing the God that our church believes in fully, because ultimately my faith is in God, not in people. Now, of course, we do need to balance this with the fact that John 13, 35, and this is a touchstone scripture for my book, Preach What You Practice. John 13, 35 says, by this, the world will know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. So that means the opposite is true. The world will not know you're my disciples if you don't love one another. Now, I understand and accept also that if you tell people Jesus has changed your life and that you live life different to that, then people are going to call it into question uh, in two ways. People are going to say, well, did Jesus really change you? And also they're going to think, is this Jesus that you talk about even real? But ultimately, all of this is grounded in who you believe God to be. If God is good and he is love, and if we believe that the Bible is the word of God, then we cannot let go of the call of God to be part of and to serve within a local church to outwork the mission of Jesus in the world. And that church should be an expression of the good and loving God. And if that's not the case, then that's a problem. But it doesn't by any means determine that we let go of church. Just like most of us wouldn't let go of God because somebody in the name of God did something wrong. We shouldn't let go of church just because somebody in the name of church did something wrong. Number four, all of this doesn't stop church being a central aspect to God's mission on the earth. If we see church leadership going wrong, it doesn't stop leadership being an important part of how church moves forward. We can't just let go of something just because somebody does something wrong. In this cancel culture that we live in, we sort of criticise to the point where we're basically saying we don't want this thing to exist anymore. And, and that's been a lot of what I've been seeing in these articles and, and from what I've been reading. I'm sort of thinking you're sort of, number one, you're not even presenting an alternative way of doing things, which is a real problem because it just sounds like you want to 
uh, criticise rather than bring any change. But also, it feels like what you're basically saying is you don't want the church to exist anymore. And that can be really problematic. Now, I don't think anybody's doing this on purpose, but I think they haven't thought long and hard enough about how to present an alternative solution or to be careful enough with their words that they're not basically saying cancel it all and it's all bad and all wrong. And of course, we can't do that with the church. There will always be believers in Jesus. There'll always be groups um, of people who meet together called the church. And historically, many have tried throughout the world to destroy the church of Jesus. And some have even got close, but in the end, it's grown and become stronger. Now, we are not empire-minded, take-over-the-world people. When people sort of criticise and all that kind of stuff, we don't just try and take over everybody and, and tell them how wrong they are. Uh, we need to listen to these criticisms. We need to acknowledge them. We need to assess whether they're fair, like I'm doing it, but we do need to take it, take it on board. You know, it is a measure of how well we're doing in terms of loving and caring for people, it's very important. So we are not empire-minded, take over the world people. We are humble and meek. But in the same way, God is our strength in our weakness. So when we are weak as church, God is strong for us. And just because we are getting things wrong or we do things wrong doesn't stop church being a vital, important part of God's mission in the world. And we need to remember that. Church hurt is awful. Church hurt is so bad. There are no excuses for it. It shouldn't be happening but we need to learn to move on and come to a new place and be in a healthy church which wants to see us thrive and flourish. I've had church hurt. I've seen it happen. I've got friends who've been hurt by the church, but they're still part of church. They're still thriving. They're still flourishing. Some have had to move to a different church, but they still believe that God's mission uh, for church in the world is still valid and is still there. And that's a sign of spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is not the occasional practice of spectacular things. Spiritual maturity is the consistent application of elementary things. I'll say that again. Spiritual maturity is not the occasional practice of spectacular things. Spiritual maturity is the consistent application of elementary things. And church is one of those elementary aspects of Christian faith. And we need to consistently practice it. Uh, and we can't just focus on the occasional times where it's absolutely amazing or the occasional times where it's absolutely awful. We need to make sure as spiritually mature people that we are focused on the consistent application of being God's church. Don't turn your frustration into cancellation. Firstly, take it to God. And then maybe ask if that frustration needs to become migration. A migration away from toxic beliefs into healthy ones, but also a migration from maybe the church you're in into a more healthy one. Into a one that wants to see you thrive <laughs> and flourish. Don't be a part of a church that is constantly bringing you down. Now, how do we, how do we work that out? Because there is no such thing as a perfect church. Uh, but for me, I think it's better to be part of somewhere where I at least know the faults of my church and I can deal with them and always be aware of them and not expect my church to suddenly do really well in that area. I know that my church isn't good in this area, this area, in this area. Am I okay with that? I mean, it's not ideal, but yeah, I'm okay with that because I can worship Jesus here. I have friends here. I can believe God here. People support me here. I don't want to have false expectations of the church that I'm part of. I want to be part of the solution rather than the problem. 
I want to change the problem and not just criticize it. Now, critique can be an important, important part of change. If we want to see change, sometimes we do need to call out the negative things. But if all you've done is criticize, then unfortunately the critique is superficial because you haven't done the groundwork to actually make a difference. But a key part of all this is we need to learn our fundamentals. A fundamental is a core belief, something that is deep and intrinsic to who you are. If a fundamental of yours is constantly and consistently violated in your church, then it's time to move on. And we need to stop making church moves into such a big deal. If you want to go somewhere else, it should be celebrated because ultimately you're going to a new place to extend God's kingdom kingdom in a new way and you're going to be happier there. Don't worry about leaving your church for a different one. If people can't handle it, then it's probably all the more reason to leave. And if you're finding yourself having your fundamentals broken, I would like to maybe suggest that that church probably isn't the church for you anymore. doesn't mean that that church is wrong. It doesn't mean that we demonize them. It doesn't mean that they need to be cancelled and stop unless there's serious stuff going on. Maybe it just means we need to say, do you know what? My season in this church is over. I need to go somewhere else. That church has brought me in a really good way to this place that I'm in right now. They've invested in me. They've loved me and I thank you for it. I celebrate it and now I'm moving here. That is called healthy life. You know, we don't stay around in toxic relationships. So why would we stay around in church that is causing us toxicity? Maybe we need to move on to a different place. But And now this is a huge but, and don't sing the song from Shrek. (laughs) This is a huge but. If it is not a fundamental thing to you that is broken, then stay the course and help the church to be better. Maybe God has got you there to actually work on the thing that you're seeing. Maybe you're seeing something that needs to change that no one else can see. And if it's not fundamental to you, we need to grow up. I'm sorry, you know, and I'm saying this as somebody who's had to go through this and I understand how hard it is, but maybe, just maybe, we need to grow up. If it's not a fundamental, we can't have everything the way we want it. I tell my kids all the time, you can't have everything you want. Everything can't be perfect. We need to grow up. If it's not a fundamental to you, then we need to be part of the change. We need to turn our frustration into change. You know, recently my wife, Emma, who's incredible, um, noticed with all the stuff going on with Marcus Rashford and um, free school meals in our country and stuff like that, she noticed that we as a church could be doing more to help that. So she set up this awesome campaign. We're going to be bringing cereal boxes full of cereal uh, into the church and and they're going to go to a local school that we're connected with as church. Now, Emma could have, before she came up with this idea, could have said, we need to be doing more as a church. Our church isn't very good with engaging with community. I don't like the fact that our leaders aren't very caring about people. You know, that could have festered and become... Now, she wasn't going through those frustrations. She didn't think that at all because our church isn't like that. But you can see how that sort of little thing that she had could have easily turned into a major frustration. That tension she was feeling about the fact that we need to do more for the poor, that's all it was, could have turned into major frustration. But maybe God was putting that on her heart so that our church could grow and thrive because of it. Maybe um, 
it was something that we all couldn't see. Maybe we could see it, but we just weren't sure how to do it. And God had placed my wife in our church to make that particular difference. Maybe God is doing the same thing for you. But I want to say this, don't let the tension turn into frustration. You know, Emma was just sort of like, I think we should do more here. That little thought could have easily turned into bitterness, easily turned into resentment if nobody else had done anything. And that's the key, really. We can't sit around saying the church needs to do X, Y, Z because we are the church. So anytime we say the church needs to be doing this, this and this, that's on us too. We need to take responsibility and own it. So I love the church. I know the church does wrong things. I know we make mistakes, but I love the church. And I reckon that if we press in to being part of our local churches at this time in particular, in this pandemic, it's been hard. It's been difficult. It's been a long slog. And I see a lot of people maybe thinking, maybe we just don't go back to church. Maybe we need to rip up all the plans and completely start again. But I think actually what we need more than ever is to press in more, more action, more belief, more passion, getting together more, being together more as soon as we're allowed and changing this world for good. I still believe that the church is part of God's plan to change the world. Thank you so much for listening to the Preach What You Practice podcast today with me, Josh Green. We're all about preaching what we live and getting our walk to talk. Uh, If you like what you're hearing, please give me a like. Please put a comment down below. Subscribe if you're listening on different podcast channels. And also, if you can, support me on Patreon patreon.com slash preach what you practice and if you're watching this I also recorded uh, a podcast with what's relevant podcast from some friends of mine at a different church called Ivy Church so please check that out I'll put the link in the description below uh, or in the podcast description check that out I had some good uh, a great time with my friends Luke and John Mark they're great guys Uh, it's more for young people uh, but I'm sure you get something out of it too Uh, maybe you want to send it to some young people that you know But thanks so much for listening to today's episode.